0: Oh, 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 oh,
1: So we're talking all morning long about best dressed. My wife did not like my outfit on Fox News. No. Danielle, what did no. You say? Didn't like it. Uh Most people loved it. She didn't like it. It was certainly not your conservative everyday outfit. <laughs> I, I I admit that. Uh, so we started talking about best dressed people. Andrew has been on the top ten best dressed list. And then I get this from uh, the great Peter King. This is unbelievable. This uh reads... The celeb that New York women most want to sleep with. Okay? Yeah. On top of the list at 11%, Derek Jeter. Okay. Number two on the list at 10%, a guy near and dear to Peter, John Stewart. All right. Douchebag. (laughs) Number three on the list, because remember, it's 2020. Yeah. Or 22, I should say, and lesbians count. Angelina Jolie. All right. Okay. 8%. And third on the list tied at 8% with Angelina Jolie you're not going to believe this Congressman Peter King tied with Angelina Jolie <laughs> yes for the Peter he, King yeah right behind Derek Jeter and John Stewart for the person that women want to sleep with the most in new york were the seven people polled uh,
0: <laughs> uh must
1: have uh, been rose wife or something <laughs> like that or <laughs> now listen he's a very handsome and debonair guy and uh, need i say brilliant and a tremendous politician for the better part of four decades here he is the very sexy peter king that's uh quite a list you've got
2: there peter yes sir, thanks for uh you know making that known i didn't want juliana getting all the credit for being the best <laughs> best guy he and Edward clinton you know well, but actually, in all honesty, that, that was taken about five years ago or so, and I just had a, that photo. I thought I sent it to you. It was on Fox News. They did the uh, this poll. I have no idea why I, I ended up that low, but in uh, <laughs> the event, you know, that was low. That low was, was obviously done before I became a celebrity on Bernie and Sid. Now I would think I'm probably off the charts. You probably People are off are the charts. At 840 every Wednesday, they just, uh, I'm sure women are going to be chasing me all over the Peter place.
0: Peter King on the best
1: undressed. <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, hey now. You know, you kind of joke around about being a celebrity on on the Bernie and Sid show, but you have uh, told me and Bernie time and time again, you'd be at a 9-11 event, you'd be at a funeral, you'd be at some event for some veteran on Long Island, all these like major deals. And, um, right away, somebody will walk up and say, Sid and Bernie, how cool are those guys in real life?
2: Yeah. And I'm sure Andrew, uh, uh, sees this also appearing, uh, all kidding aside, on your show, so many people listen to it, so many people follow it, and I can go almost, uh, I would say any event I go to, you just go to a ball game, go to a city field, you go, hey, how are you on Bernie and Sid the other day? You know, uh, What's she really like? How is Bernie? That type of thing. No, people do really listen to your show. It's different. It's uh, Again, it uh, cuts into what is really New York, and it does it in a intelligent but yet, uh, every man type of uh, conversation back and forth it represents real you know real people we're not talking about uh elitist here we're not talking about people who are just rebels who can't get along with the rest of the world and they're misfits people who are out there who can be successful who are doing a good job but yet can relate to what's happening every day day in and day out Know what's wrong with the city Know what's wrong with the state so no you guys are doing a great job andrew you're doing a great job today a lot better than that guy that's on at three o'clock every day <laughs> <laughs> well
0: you you've only known that guy for about 150 years right now right didn't you that. guys sit with lincoln or yeah, something like that is that what it is yeah we met
2: uh, in 1967 wow. and uh, now again he's been a great friend and again we've gone over this a million times before but literally if one person can have saved the greatest city in the world it was William giuliani who saved new york i mean it's uh, and again, you, you can never, ever, ever you know, push that aside. That is something that should well, be foremost in people's minds.
0: Well, I'm going to give him a little hell because he's never been on a list like you were on right there, first and foremost. But I, I have to say you're absolutely right about Bernie and Sid. When I was going around on the campaign trail, so many times I'd hear we heard, we heard you on Bernie and Sid and, and so many times on WABC. And that's what tonight's celebration is about, 100 years of WABC. And going from you know the uh, the incredible broadcast, and I believe the World Series is the first thing that they actually broadcast on WABC, if I'm not mistaken, oh, the babe Ruth World. years ago, right? Yeah, the yeah. Babe yeah. Ruth World yeah. Series, uh, all the way into present day, and Bernie and Sid, and it, it truly is amazing. And Peter King, I know you were there to listen to every single second of those 100 years.
2: <laughs> yeah, especially when Babe Ruth came up. I was really excited <laughs> <Yeah>. about that. <laughs> your father <laughs> really was. <laughs> yeah, he was. Oh, my God. <laughs> <the Yankee> fan <laughs> yeah. He was there really Yankee carrying on. He up. was there.
1: Uh, <laughs> by the way, Bo Dietl checks in. He says, hey, uh, Sid, Peter and Andrew, New York Times Magazine, named me as the best-dressed New Yorker in the 1990s and early 2000s. with pictures I could see that. Beau was a great dresser, great dresser. But, that,
0: but we can tell. That's obviously when the New York Times obviously went to fake news. Right. We figured out the, mo- the turning point was at that moment right That's there. That's
1: funny. We figured that it out. That is funny. Giuliani from downtown. Uh, we've been talking a lot about um, Sunday. Sunday. Uh, Nine Eleven. Obviously, yeah. the Giuliani family, Andrew, his father. That's a day that uh, they just will never forget. Not none of us will, but certainly they were involved that day. Uh, you were too, Peter. Take us back to that day as we get ready to commemorate twenty-one years on Sunday.
2: Yeah, no one has a monopoly on grief, but I mean, all of us have different uh, stories. What happened that day? Actually, uh, I was uh, heading to uh, the uh, Congress that morning, driving up. Uh, uh, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Avenue, and uh, uh, my wife was on a plane which was supposed to leave New York at nine o'clock because there was going to be a, uh, an event at the White House that night, an outdoor barbecue that President Bush was having that uh, Tuesday night. And my wife was supposed to fly up the night before, but there were terrible rainstorms, so she's flying up that morning. And as I'm uh, driving up, I hear over the radio that a small plane has crashed into the World Trade Center. And I, again, I didn't think that much of it. And then uh, as I'm walking in, into the building. I hear people talking about it, and then uh, as I walk into my office, and there's a TV right as you walk in, you look at it, I see a plane hitting the World Trade Center. And I'm saying to myself, oh, that's a pretty big plane. I guess they have it on video. I thought that was the first plane that hit. Then you realize that was the second. And now I'm trying to find, uh, where's my wife? Because she was on a plane that was going to be leaving the LaGuardia at 9 o'clock that morning. And uh, we're calling, I guess it was Delta or U.S. Area, I forget which now. And they said, well, we can't really say, we can't disclose anything. So right away, you're uh, you're thinking the worst. And it took us about a good half hour. I'm calling my wife and call my wife. The phone's going to uh, voicemail. And then finally, she calls me like at, I don't know, 930, whatever time it was. And she says, uh, what's going on here? You know, they tell us they've taken the plane back to the runway, uh, back to the uh, airport. I said, don't you know what happened? She had no idea. They didn't know. Because in those days, people didn't have cell phones on the planes or anything. They didn't have them on. And so, and I told her, I said, you know, we we're at war. I heard myself saying that. And then I guess other people were making phone calls on the plane also as they were getting off. And you had all these people screaming on, on the plane. And then my son was working at the Commerce Department. And there was a story out that a bomb had gone off at the Commerce Department, which turned out to be untrue, but all the phones were down. So I couldn't get hold of him. And then my son, he worked, just three, my son-in-law worked three blocks north of the World Trade Center, and we couldn't get hold of him. So for like a period of a few hours, my wife, my son, and my son-in-law, you know, we didn't know where they were. And then it shows how limited your brain is at a certain time. Once I found out they were all okay, I figured everybody's okay. Now you think, okay, good, thank God, it's fine. Then you realize, wait a minute, there's thousands of people in that building. And as the day went on, in the next few days, Andrew recalls this, you just heard person after person that you knew that they were killed, they were missing. And actually the first time I – Came across Rudy that week. We actually met face to face that week. Was I was uh, when President Bush flew down to ground zero on that Friday. And uh, I saw your father, I was talking to him. Nice. And uh, then again the next morning, uh, we went to the uh, funeral for Pete Gansy. Father had just been yeah. at uh, uh, Father Judge's funeral, and they, he was being uh, helicoptered out to uh, uh, Beth I guess it was a farming veil, for the funeral of Pete Gansy, was the chief of the uh, fire department. So they asked me to go meet your father where the helicopter was coming down, and we would walk to the church. And there was hundreds and hundreds of people were all lined up. So anyway, I realized at that moment, your father had no idea of the impact he was having. I said, Rudy, well, you've got to keep it up. Well, you know, what do you mean? He, he was really unaware of what was going on around him. He was just so focused, laser focused. He had no idea the whole world was talking about him, that, everyone was, that he had become the face of the uh, comeback from 9-11. And then uh, again, unfortunately, we show each other too many times at funerals over the next, uh, you know, September, October, November. Even you know, they're finding body parts into the following April and May. You know, going to funerals for them.
0: Yeah, you know, Peter King, on the the great Peter King, former congressman, and and uh, truly somebody who is uh, a statesman. Uh, you know, one of the things we talked about uh, a little before was how important it is that we actually teach September 11th. We teach. Uh, a history of what happened that day to our kids, right? I have a nine-month-old daughter. Both of Sid's kids were born after September 11th. Uh, considering everything you've seen in education these days, uh, Congressman, what are what do you think in terms of the, the importance of that day and, and how we must continue to teach this to our kids?
2: When you say continue. M- most schools are not teaching it, unfortunately. If they do, they you know pass it over as a footnote. To me, that should be front and center. A, to me, it personified what America is all about. We suffered this incredible tragic loss in the, in, in the morning of September 11th here in New York, in Pennsylvania, Pentagon. And uh, yet, uh, from that moment on, from that almost from the first uh, m- minutes, New York City fought back. New York led the fight back. It was your uh, father of the mayor. It was Bernie Carrick. It was Tom Van Ness and the fire commissioner. It was all the emergency service workers, ambulance drivers, construction workers, everyone. New York fought back so strong, and to me that sent a message to the you know the country and the world. I mean just think if on that day the footage we saw was cops and firemen running away yeah. Let's face it when you had the uh, uh, you know the uh, hurricane down you know down Louisiana, you found out many of the first responders didn't respond Katrina and yeah. yep. then you had the, the,
1: the shooting back. in a the Texas. Texas never went yeah. Inside. yeah
2: yeah, and yet uh, in New York, if anything, if there was any dispute among uh, the firemen and the cops, it was guys who sometimes the commanders were saying, don't go in yet. No, they insisted on going in. Mm-hmm. Guys were off duty. They were coming in from, from Queens, from Nassau, and flying in and going as fast as they can. to get in. And a number of those were killed. I mean, a number, of the, a, a number of those who were killed were guys who were off duty, I'd say, including uh, Michael Boyle, son of a good friend of mine, Jimmy Boyle. I mean, there was just so many I can think of.
0: Steven uh, Siller, yeah. Who
2: were supposed to be there. I mean, Jimmy, uh, Michael Boyle, he's his uh, cousin was running in a primary, Democratic primary that day. He had finished working. He was about to leave. He saw what happened and went back. Got his gear on and went down there and got killed. So, uh, I mean, this, this, the spirit yeah. of New York was so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, to me, that should be the story, and every school should be teaching it as what New York and the United States and democracy is all about.
1: Agreed. Uh, one local question. Uh looks like Lee Zeldin is really gaining on Hochul. The latest poll has him down just four after being down by 22 yeah. in that same poll not that long ago. So do you think that Kathy Hochul will have no choice but to debate Lee Zeldin, or do you think that she just doesn't do it?
2: No, she will have to debate him. I'm sure she's going to try and set ground rules where there's, like, minimal confrontation between the two of them, uh, maybe uh, decide who the panelists are, how long it's going to be, how much response time you get. To uh, so try to find ways to keep it uh, uh, where it's not going to be really – it's going to be one-on-one, but it's going to be not directly confrontational because I don't think she wants to defend. She can't defend all that's been going on. Most of what's going on, she, she can't defend. If she will have to do it, you know, they may try to uh, you know, put it on at a time when people aren't watching or in between games of the World Series or something, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, no, she definitely – I mean, I, I – I didn't think it was going to get this close this fast, but I knew Lee had a really good shot at it. And yeah, Andrew, you were out there. You know how yeah. unpopular the Democrats are in the state. It's up to uh, Republicans to mobilize that that uh, anger and that distrust. And I think Lee's doing a good job of uh, getting it done. Uh, I mean, those early polls never made sense. I mean, I mean one of the polls that had her winning had her winning the suburbs. I mean, the only question in the suburbs is how big Lee is going to win them by in Nassau yeah. Suffolk. I mean, maybe even Westchester. But I mean, it's, uh, having said that, I don't want anyone living in Nassau or Suffolk to think, "Oh, no, their vote doesn't count." Because he's going to win them anyway. No, he's got to run up as much of a vote as he can in the heavy Republican areas, cut into the Democratic vote in the city. And yes, it can be done. I see tremendous similarities here between what uh, Lee is doing and what George Pataki did in nineteen ninety four. And the polls, I think, as recently as I, I mean, as I say, two weeks out before election day, had Pataki losing by 10, 12 points, and he ended up winning. So, and always I find out, whether it's Trump or whether it's the Republican candidates, there's always a number of people, a certain percentage of people, who don't want to tell pollsters that they're going to vote Republican. And so, whether it's three, four, five points, whatever it is. And also, another rule of thumb here is, if you're an incumbent and you're under 50%, you can lose. Yeah. I mean, I remember seeing a poll once in Nassau County where a Republican incumbent, I know he's a good guy, but there was trouble in that in his area, and uh, we didn't realize it till later on. He, in the last poll I was taken, he was winning 48 to 40, and he lost 52-48. Because if people know who you are and can't say they're going to vote for you and they say they're undecided, odds are they're going to go against you. Or at least two-thirds or three-quarters of the undecided vote usually goes to the challenge and not the incumbents.
0: Yeah, all, all the metrics I've seen on this shows that I think it's a very close race. I think this is going to come down yeah. to, and I think I think she has to debate. I think it's too close. You know, she doesn't yeah. have a, a un, unlike one of the polls that said two weeks ago that said Zeldin was going to lose Long Island by 17 points and oh, lose by God. 24. That's just a fake poll that actually was, and you know this better than I do, Peter. That was that was meant to actually freeze fundraising, and unfortunately, you're getting that in the polling companies like we have had in the media uh, over the last couple of years.
2: No, I, I, I agree. Uh, so I think we can really get it done. Republicans have to get out. We have to go beyond Republicans. We've got to get the uh, conservative, moderate Democrats. We have to get the independent voters. And also, I think Lee are smart in making a real appeal into the minority communities because they are, in many ways, the people who have suffered the most with crime. Uh, everyone thinks they're being great liberals or progressives when they pull the cops out of minority communities because uh, they claim that that's how they protect the minority communities. No, they don't. They protect them by having more cops, the better. That's what stops crime. And I think um, so many people in those communities are realizing that more and more. So I think we has a real uh, chance to cut into that vote, the African-American vote, the Hispanic vote. And, uh, the Asian vote, you know, really, really make a difference. But I have a real question for tonight, Chris. Uh, I want to ask Sid, where do I get a jacket? I'm looking around wear <laughs> <laughs> I assume you bought yours of some guy on the street, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> I only go to the best. I don't know. You're going to wear a tuxedo tonight?
2: No, no. Good. Not, God, no. Thank I'm God. Not good. Don't, don't do that. I'm, I'm going to wear you. my John Casperchetti's tie. I mean, unlike you guys, I'm not a real uh, close horse. People never pay attention to why they wear it. You don't extra. need to be.
1: You, you're right behind Derek Jeter and John Stewart as the sexiest guy in New yeah. York City. <laughs> you don't need to be. Look at you. You're beautiful. But
2: whenever yeah. I wear John Casperchetti's red tie, people come up to me and tell me like, what great taste I have. So uh, there you go. I'll, I'll be wearing that tonight. Well, we can't wait to see you Rosemary. tonight. Yep. And, and Rosemary wants to keep an eye on you tonight, since she's very... Again, how you're know, a smart woman. To the man about town.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. you guys need to come sit down with me and Danielle for a little bit, you and Rose Marie. We can't wait to see oh, you tonight. Sure, yeah. You are amazing again this morning with me and Andrew. We love you to pieces. And uh, thank you, Peter. You're the absolute best. We'll see you tonight.
2: She's, Andrew. Take it easy. All thank right, you, there
1: he is, the great Congressman Peter King, who hits a Grand Slam home run with me and Bernard and me and Andrew today. 840 every Wednesday. He'll be there later on tonight. They party John Cazzamatiti's birthday. And celebrating 100 years of WABC Radio. Here's more Dolores, the Cranberries, Hour number four. Bernie and Sid with Giuliani and Rosenberg, coming up next.